got a very special episode of the Law Enforcement Today show. We are broadcasting remotely from the Federation for American Immigration Reforms Hold Their Feet to the Fire Radio Row event in Washington, D.C., doing it outdoors. We are on the top floor overlooking the U.S. Capitol building at 400 East Capitol Streets, and this is where the Fox News is, NBC News, Spectrum News, a bunch of other ones. So we've got lots of great guests for you with interesting stories, talking about how they've been impacted by the immigration border crisis and much more. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. The place to be online is our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. You'll get access to unique news articles, editorials, and so much more. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. This is a very special edition of the Law Enforcement Today Show. I'm John J. Wiley. We are broadcasting from the Federation for American Immigration Reform's Hold Their Feet to the Fire Radio Row event. We are broadcasting from the 8th floor of the 400 East Capitol Building in Washington, D.C., So you hear some outside noises, you hear wind noises. It's very nice overlooking the Capitol. And I have a special guest on the show. We have Maureen Maloney as a guest. And she is, she has the, this is really a tough conversation to have. She has a term, angel mom. Uh, I don't know where that came from, but your son was killed by an illegal alien, correct? Correct. First of all, I, I know you've heard this many, many times. I'm sorry this happens. Being a retired law enforcement officer, I hate that this happens. And it doesn't matter who the killer is, whatever, the impact is still the same. And it's devastating to families. And I was telling in another interview what it's like trying to do death notifications when adult children are killed out of state. And I was 22 years old, Maureen. Oh, wow. And you're knocking on people's door at 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. And you do it face-to-face. And it's nothing about it is fun. It's it's a horribly traumatic situation for the family members, for the first responders, everybody involved. Uh, uh, and I wish you never had to go through this. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Your son's name was Matthew. How old was he when he was killed? So Matthew was uh, 23 years old when he was killed. He had graduated college three months prior to his death. Uh, and Matthew wanted to be a police officer. He had taken the civil service exam, uh, and I found out after his death that he would have been called for for an interview shortly. So it's particularly heartbreaking. But um, Matthew was uh, driving home on his motorcycle on August 20th in, in the evening. It was still daylight out. It was this beautiful summer evening, and he was in a residential area, and a drunk, unlicensed, illegal alien ran through a stop sign, and they collided. Uh, It was a low-impact collision, so Matthew survived that and was getting up out of the road when the illegal alien decided to flee, and he ran over Matthew. Matthew became lodged in the wheel well and was dragged a quarter of a mile. 
at that point, the illegal alien ran off the road, and Matthew became dislodged, and the illegal alien backed up over him and continued to flee. There's, there's really nothing to say that I can say about that. It's just hearing about it, Maureen, it, it's, a, it's, it's a gut punch. And I didn't know your son. I have adult daughters. They're 30 and 31. And I can't think of anything more horrific than losing a child. I really, I really can't. I can't even begin to imagine. My father passed away of lung cancer 20, almost 30 years ago. I'm still impacted by that today. People say you get over it. I don't, I don't get over it. I just get more used to you, it. You just learn to live with it. Regardless of how it happened, to lose a child, and that's a term I use, whether they're newborns or 35 they're or 45. They're always our yeah. children. To lose a child, because I still worry about my daughters. To lose them in any kind of accidental or on-purpose manner. And by the way, when someone takes off after they've hit you, it's not accidental. It's on purpose. And it's not a hit-and-run accident. In my lingo, where I came from, that's called homicide. When you deliberately drive over someone and drag them, it's murder. So I'm going to call it what it is. When this happens, there's no getting over it. There is none. You, your, your, life, your life is shattered. And my life, I think in terms of before Matthew's death and after Matthew's death, you know, when you go to memories, that's the first thing. Was it before Matthew's death or after Matthew's death? You know, it shattered my world. It shattered my husband's world. When, well, we got the call to go to the hospital that Matthew had been in an accident. And um, I'm a nurse practitioner, so I knew when we got that phone call and they didn't tell me his condition that it was something terrible. So we were driving to the hospital, we went past the crash site, and there was Matthew's motorcycle in the road, and it actually looked fine. And, you know, there were police and fire around, and but we just drove past to get to the hospital as quick as we could. So for a moment, I had this sigh of relief, like maybe he just has a broken leg or something, because the motorcycle didn't look all that damaged. But when we got to the hospital and they guided us to this little room, I knew my life was about to change. And when the doctor told us that they did everything but Matthew didn't survive, I heard the most guttural scream come out of my husband's mouth. It was a very primal guttural scream. I, I hope I never hear anything like that again. It was so devastating for him. I've seen videos of people, and I can just go with my own experience. We watch television, we watch movies, and we see the dramas about horrible things happen, and there's traditional ways that people react, the Hollywood way they react, and that's not the reality, the way people react. I didn't react heroically when I did heroic things, and when people died, you don't have a predetermined reaction. So the, the, the fact that your husband reacted the way he did, the way that you reacted the way you did, I understand it. I think a lot of, a lot of people don't understand it because they see this all the time. And they, they don't understand, I hate to say this, Maureen, they don't understand the impact until it happens to them or right. someone they know. And then they're, why didn't someone do something about this? Right. Well, it's like the old saying, the, the cow's already out. You let the barn door open or the gate door open, they've already escaped. It's too late. The fact this happened to you and your family, I hate to say this, it can happen to anybody anywhere in the United States. It can. This happened two miles from our home. 
in a residential area that had a 15 mile an hour speed limit. And, and my son only drove his motorcycle locally. He was actually on his way home to drop it off to pick up his car and, and go to a friend's house for a barbecue that night. You know, and, and I've read a statistic once that, you know, yes. most fatalities occur within a couple miles right. of your home. And this fits right into that. It can happen to anyone. It certainly does. And your, your son is a perfect example of someone doing all the right things, mm-hmm. doing what they're supposed to do, uh, obeying the laws, everything else. And, and he lost his life for it. And, and you and your, your husband and the rest of the family and a community that knew him paid the price. It's not just one person that's affected by his death is a ripple effect there there was a tremendous ripple effect matthew was uh he had this very outgoing uh personality and you know he smiled all the time everybody was a friend of his so he would drive around town and just give everybody a thumbs up or a peace sign and he talked to everybody and you know for his funeral there were over a thousand people that came to his funeral. There were there were strangers that showed up at his funeral just because they had read his story. Uh, but there there was a ripple effect, and it's been ten years now. It was ten years last month. But uh, I went to get gas a few weeks ago, and I have a sticker on the back of my car that says um, Matthew like Woa. That was his like Facebook handle or something. And the gas station guy said to me, I have a lot of respect for that sticker. Now, somehow he knew my son's Facebook handle, and I said, you know, that was my son. He said, when I was younger, I used to always look up to him when he drove around. Wow. We're going to take a so, short break. We're talking with Maureen Maloney. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. There's so much more to talk about. Trust me, don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. The place to be online is our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. You'll get access to unique news articles, editorials, and so much more. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. Missed an episode of Law Enforcement Today? You don't have to anymore. Because now you can listen to it on Podopolo. The free new app that makes listening anytime, anywhere so easy. Catch up on shows you've missed and chat with John J. Wiley right there too. Download for free on the Apple or Google Play stores. That's Podopolo. And John J. Wiley wants to hear from you inside Podopolo. Returning to our conversation with Maureen Maloney at the Federation of American Immigration Reform's annual Hold Their Feet to the Fire Radio Row event coming to you from 400 East Capitol Street on the 8th floor overlooking the Capitol building. So you hear outside noises, traffic noises, all those sorts of things. Maureen, there's really no nice way of saying this. This is a really tough conversation to have. People ask me all the time, how do you have guests on your show that talk about such horrific things they've been through? And I, I tell them that I rely on my police experience. You let people talk. You let people tell their stories. Mm-hmm. And that's where you find out what happened. And yeah. unfortunately, so much of American media, we don't get that. And, and stories like yours and your family and the death of your son, we don't get. And for political reasons, whatever it might be, there's a narrative out there that they don't want these stories told. And what I really want is for you to be able to talk about it. Matthew, what kind of man he was, what kind of person he was, because he didn't get there by himself. He had help from you mm-hmm. and his father, and it's tragic that he was killed. For those of you just tuning in, Matthew was 23 years old. He was killed by a drunk driver 
driving without a license. He ran through a stop sign, a minor collision with Matthew on his motorcycle. And then the driver made a conscious decision to take off and he ran over Matthew, dragged him for a long distance, and that's what killed him. So it's not a hit and run. It's not an accident. It's in my book, it's murder. It was done on purpose. It was a choice by that driver. And obviously, if he wasn't here, your son would be alive. Absolutely. So people can argue that logical they want. He wasn't supposed to be here. I don't really want to get into the argument of that because it it, it takes away from the the magnitude of your story. And I don't, really don't want to make it about the bad guy. I really don't. I want to make it about Matthew. I want to make it about you. You found out you're, you're a nurse practitioner. You got the phone call and you, you drove by the motorcycle. You thought, oh, it doesn't look that bad. Maybe there's some glimmer of hope. And then you found out. And I, I can imagine your stomach falling because the thing is, don't let it be bad. Don't let it be bad. Don't let it be bad with your kids. Right. And, you know, you're praying that short distance to the hospital that, you know, everything is okay, that you're just overreacting. And uh, because my family always, you know, says I overreact, that I always go to the worst case scenario. Well, if I remember correctly, your name is Maureen Maloney. <laughs> and like me, you're a little Irish Catholic. And we have a tendency to be a little dramatic sometimes. And, and you know what? I work in an intensive care unit, so I always see the worst yeah. of the worst. And, you know, I knew how good my life was before losing Matthew. I thanked God every day for the life that I had. I had two healthy sons and a healthy husband, and I was healthy. And really, if, if you have your health and you have family, and you have the important things in life. You know, money comes and goes. Um, so I knew how lucky I was, and I was very grateful for my life. And even now, after losing Matthew, I'm still grateful for my life because I still have... I have another son, and I spent 23 wonderful years with Matthew, and Matthew was, I'm so proud of him. He was such a good son. He used to tell people I was his best friend. I mean, how many 23-year-old guys go around, you know, saying their mom is their, their best friend? I don't friend? know too many. Um, you know, and, and he was, you know, six foot two, and you know, big, strong, strapping guy, and he had no problem saying, you know, yeah, his mom was his best friend, and, you know, his mom would cook him this, and I, you know, I spoiled him, and because he was my youngest one, I knew this was it after him. <laughs> and this will be the last time I talk about the killer. What happened to him? So it took three years uh, for, for an actual trial. He was sentenced to 12 to 14 years in jail, so he is in jail right now. But um, at one point, he was declared mentally incompetent because he only had a second-grade education and didn't speak English. So it, it took about nine months to have that overturned. And that, that was a very difficult time, thinking that he might get off for killing my son. And, you know, as, as I described, he, he was killed in such a horrific way. This wasn't an accidental death. No, it's not an accident. And... and as an overused phrase a lot of people come up with, and uh, if it uh, aggravates you, I apologize ahead of time. I know there's no such thing as closure. People can talk about death sentence or execution or uh, incarceration. It doesn't close, it doesn't change anything, does it? It doesn't. There will never be closure. Of course, I don't want to see this, I did want to see this man walking free. He deserved to be punished for what he did. I would have liked his punishment to be a little bit longer. He was originally charged um, with second-degree murder. There was a witness in the vehicle who had told police that he was telling the driver to stop, that he was dragging somebody to stop. 
but unfortunately the witness in the vehicle fled the country before the trial so we we lost that witness so he was uh, convicted of uh, you know OUI driving under the influence and uh, vehicular homicide it doesn't matter really what the conviction was it doesn't bring your son back it, it doesn't it and, doesn't bring and it back. doesn't undo all the pain uh, how are you and your husband after this and and his brother how do you go on and say i'd love to ask you how do you get politicians to pay attention to this but i know that's futile because they don't listen right so how do you go about your day and say okay i'm gonna have the best day possible regardless of what happened so uh, you can see this bracelet I'm wearing. It says, live life to the fullest. Matthew's friends had these bracelets made up when, when he was killed. And so I honor him by trying to live my life to the fullest, which was very, very hard the first couple of years because you feel so guilty if you have any glimmer of a good feeling inside you. There's just so much grief. You really have to learn how to enjoy life again. And I do. I enjoy my son. I have a a grandson now so I, I do have a blessings in my life but part of my heart you know is broken my, yeah. my whole heart is broken but you know part of it will never heal because nothing can ever replace Matthew no but I know we'll be reunited one day and this is gonna be a, a tough question uh, and if you can answer it great if you can't understand right now you have an opportunity to tell a politician that has a chance to do something to make some changes so other people don't go through this. How do you, what do you get to say to that? Well, you know, the first thing we need to do is secure our border. We, we can't have illegal aliens who we do not know who they are coming over into our country. And, and these deaths are preventable. I am resentful that laws were not enforced and this guy was in the country to kill my son. And, and people say to me all the time, well, it could have been a drunk American who killed your son. You're right, it could have been. But it wasn't. That's right. It wasn't. So I would say that politicians secure our border, put Americans first. I wish they would listen, uh, and I, I, I wish that they could hear what you have to say. I really appreciate you coming here to tell us about this. It's a very difficult conversation to have. I'm really appreciative that you opened up your heart about this, uh, a tough subject. You're actively involved in a lot of organizations that try to help with this. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? So um, one organization I'm vice president of is Advocates for Victims of Illegal Alien Crime, um, AVIAC, A-V-I-A-C for short. Our website is aviac.us, and we're an organization formed by victims of illegal alien crime. And we're out there fighting, and we meet with legislators, and we try to persuade them to get tighter on border security and to put Americans first. But we speak out all the time so go to our website we have news stories there um, and are you on social media as well we are Facebook uh, yeah just Facebook and, and the website awesome Maureen I keep stumbling when I say Maureen because I'm assisting Maureen thank you so very much for being a guest on the show very much appreciated oh thank you I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today radio show the Law Enforcement Today radio show is a nationally syndicated radio show broadcast on numerous stations once a week and growing. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, please do me a big favor. Tell a friend. 
I'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. Thank you.